0: Would the future version of you approve of the things you're doing today? Have you ever even sat down to think about where you'd like to be in five years? Not just money-wise, but what your life would actually look like. What do you want it to look like? Phoebe Gavin and I are diving into how you can make decisions today that will help you get closer to where you wanna be tomorrow. Welcome to Big Fun Content, the show that helps you stand out from everyone else in your industry by building a brand you love and creating content that's impossible to ignore. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, a graphic designer who creates high energy visuals and short form videos for some of the sassiest, boldest, most rebellious online businesses out there. Are you ready to up the fun in your content? Let's get started. Hey, Phoebe, how's it going?
1: It's going great. How are things going with you?
0: I'm good just doing this new podcast and apparently singing on it. It's fine. It's music and a podcast. Can I sing too? I want want to sing too. (laughs) Yeah, We need like harmonize on the way out. Bye. Just kidding. (laughs) Okay. Let's dive into today's topic. I want to talk about work, life balance, and jerky bosses.
1: Yes. Okay. So. Two of my very favorite topics. (laughs) One that I love talking about. One that I wish I didn't have to talk about as much.
0: Yes. Okay. And so before people listening are like, Deanna, what your podcast doesn't cater to, like, we're all working for ourselves. So why are you talking about jerky bosses? And before you turn off this episode, I want you to think about the fact that you are your own boss. And we're going to talk about, are you being a jerk to yourself? Like, we need to talk about your working conditions as a solopreneur, where you're both the boss and the employee. So that's why Phoebe's here today. Let's dive in. Tell me a little bit about maybe like your work or... What you see with this kind of thing, like you just start talking.
1: Okay. So my professional background is in journalism and I was a newsroom leader for the last five years and I spent a lot of time both in my function, which was more of a marketing function in news. And then also because I just care about it, spending time digging into what makes our employees do their best work what makes them excited about the work that they do so that they show up and do their best work. And journalism is a industry where there's a lot of burnout. It's a very difficult job. It's very stressful. It's very time consuming. It's very demanding. And it's also very unpredictable. When news happens, news doesn't ask your permission to happen. It just happens. And then you have to do your job, even if it's a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of burnout in journalism. And so As I transitioned into my business on a part-time basis, which is career and leadership coaching, I took a lot of that with me into running my business for myself, but also the way that I support my clients. On the leadership side, I support mostly companies who are trying to improve their cultures through upskilling their leaders. And then I work with individuals who want to improve their work-life balance, improve their finances by finding better careers. And this idea of really investing in your understanding of work-life balance and building habits that allow you to achieve work-life balance really hit me front and center once I stepped into my business full-time, when I stepped away from it being a side hustle and stepped into it being full-time, because there were constraints on both sides, the full-time job and the part-time side hustle, because they all had to fit into a week. But when I was working just for myself and I didn't have that constraint anymore, all of a sudden I had to take my own medicine and really think about like, what does work-life balance look look like for me as... As a solopreneur, now that I'm responsible for making those decisions, and there are no constraints on my time, I could work 100% of the time, if I decided to do so. So what does work life balance look like for me?
0: Did you find yourself doing that? I mean, it's hard for me to turn off my entrepreneur brain, like, because I'm just still thinking... And it's yeah, hard to be and in,
1: in the beginning, like that first six months of being full time, there's kind of no way around that because there's so much infrastructure to build, and you need to get to a point, you need to scale as quickly as possible to a point where you have a full time income and you can actually pay all of your bills consistently. And so in that first six months, you know, I kind of give everyone a pass, and I had to give myself a pass as well that like mm-hmm. you're gonna work all the time because you kind of have to, but it should be in service of not doing that anymore versus that being the perpetual state. That even once you hit that break even point, once once you hit that profitability point, you're still working 100 hours a week. Like the purpose of that grind and that sprint in the beginning should be in service of creating the kind of lifestyle that is aligned with your personal definition of work life balance.
0: Ooh, I love that because I feel like a lot of people talk about anti hustle or like building this business. And sometimes I'm like, well, sometimes I do have to hustle. If you're making a new offer and you really want to get it out in the world, you might have a busy week or two or something so I like the idea what did you just call it a sprint but then you're done it's not like you're running a whole marathon at the sprint level you need to know how long is this going to be when is this going to be over and I like that you said in service of that after this point like I'm doing this work to. isn't there a story about grasshoppers and crickets like someone's like I feel like the ants are doing all the work and the grasshoppers like chilling and like why are y'all doing all that work and then they're like set for the winter. I don't know. I'm like if anyone knows what I'm talking about, find me on Instagram and verify that this is not made up in my head. But you're working hard so that you can get things set up. So I like that we have permission to do that. But you're saying like don't let it become the norm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to be working at thing working doing the hard work, being in that sprint moment in service of a specific outcome that will allow you to not do that anymore. And so I'm in a sprint mode right right now because I launched a beta of my group program last month, and I'm going to be opening up enrollment to the public for the full launch. And so that's two weeks away my life is crazy right now. There's so much that needs to happen between now and then that first couple of weeks where I'm in launch mode and people are coming in and it's that first week where you really want to give them a great experience so that they feel really good about deciding to move forward with the offer. Like The next four weeks for me are going to be really nuts. But the purpose is so that I can scale down my one-on-one coaching and really focus on scaling up the group program. And so if I do this launch really well by working really hard at it and do, and being thoughtful about what are the aspects of this that I can scale later, that I'm doing this thing that I only have to do once and maybe I have to update it. Mm-hmm. What am I doing in my launch period? What am I doing in my onboarding week so that I'm learning and I'm building scale for myself and building systems for myself that I can do next time so that this version, you know, next quarter, next year, doesn't have to be as intense. And so the sprint is in service of having better work-life balance in the future. And frankly, the offer is in in service of that as well. And Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about how it's all going to work out. And I'm okay with working this hard right now, because it is in service of achieving work-life balance in the future.
0: Yes. I mean, truth be told, you are my first interview of today, but I'm batching three interviews today. And so today's a little wonky, like it's more Zoom time than I'm used to for today. But also batching the stuff helps me do that. So that's like a tiny example of a sprint, but something where you're like, okay, I'm going to like do this all so it can be easier on the back end. And also setting up systems is hard, like doing something for the first time, it's going to take you longer. And if you do it right, like it sounds like you're planning it out and doing it in a way. I just love that idea of like taking care of your future self and being like, this is hard right now, but we're doing this for that.
1: That's so important to me, that phrase right there. That's the signature for my emails. All of my clients who receive my emails, it always signs off on on behalf of your future self. And when I'm talking to my coaching clients, my career coaching clients in particular, because the decisions that they're making are so emotionally charged that, and they are often like staying in this short term of like, what's going to relieve my anxiety right now? What's going to relieve my anger, my insecurity, my resentment, what's going to relieve that right now?" and I always, always tell them, what does your future self need? What does three months from now you want, is hoping that you will do? What choice is future you rooting for? And often that's different from the choice that a short-term self wants. And so Mm -hmm. I really practice thinking fairly far into the future of like vibes 10 years from now. What am I thinking? Okay, vibes five years from now. Vibes three years from now, what kind of strategy would get me to that? So strategy two years from now, one year from now, six months from now, and really working backward from that. Obviously, when you're going way out in the future, everything is much fuzzier. You can't be crisp. You can't be specific. But there are definitely going to be things that you know you don't want. There are going to be things that you definitely do want and it might be fuzzy but you can still use that to work backwards and so for myself my husband's from the uk we want to move to the uk next year we are moving to the uk next year and so i know that a really important thing right now for me to be working toward is making it so that it is okay for my company to run and i can create a really great experience for all of my clients even though i'm going to be splitting my time between two different countries very different time zones Mm -hmm. and so knowing that that's something in the future helps me work backwards and say what are the things that current me can do to set future me up to not have 100 emails that I have to respond to at 8 p.m. at night because that's when it's still like peak business hours in the US. How can I set future me up to be able to need fewer meetings so that it fits within the overlap between the two countries? I can ask those questions of myself because I'm thinking about what my future self needs.
0: Mhm. Mhm. I love that. You're just planning. I mean, you're just planning ahead. And sometimes I think we're so bogged down in the day to day that it's like hard to take a second to stop and think about what does my, you're just like, I don't know, I just got to get to the end of the day. Or like, if you're in a hustle phase, you're like, I just got to keep doing this until I stop without maybe planning ahead. So yeah,
1: it's been really essential for me to build that habit because I have ADD. And so it is not my natural way of thinking to Mm -hmm. like be super like thoughtful and strategic and follow things all the way through. I had to practice that skill of being able to create a state of future focus, work backward from that, and then be able to call back to it consistently so that When my ADHD brain wants to like go in a million different directions and explore every different marketing channel and try every different offer type and do all of the things, there is a little voice in the back of my head that says, hey, Phoebe, remember how we're moving to the UK in 18 months and there are some things that we need to do now? I don't think this like weird paid ad to challenge funnel thing is going to help you do that. And that is really important. But again, it comes back to building the skill of being able to do that. In the beginning, it's hard because you don't know how to do it because you don't have experience doing it. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And then you get to uh, enjoy the benefits of doing it regularly.
0: Yes. Okay. I like this. I like that you're sort of talking about being a little bit stricter with yourself, like making some rules, but making them very intentionally. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about how you got your ADHD brain to do that because I'm like, okay, this is magic. So let's talk about that when we get back. The Doors to the Content Playhouse will be officially opening on October 1st through the 5th. It's a content-driven community that will support you in making content that you frickin' love. It includes two meetings a month, one for co-working and one for community support, Voxer access to me Monday through Thursday, a Slack community, weekly design reviews, and over a dozen past workshops that you'll get access to immediately when you join. It's a space to really embrace the idea of slowing down and creating content that you're super proud of. You'll finally feel like you can stop doing all the things and just do the things you love and do them well while getting to hang out with other awesome business owners. Head over to contentplayhouse.com to learn more and join in on the fun. So now you have to spill the beans on how in the world you even started practicing this. Because I think some people listening might be like, how do you do it? I want to do that, but I can't stop with the shiny objects. I love them.
1: So why don't <laughs> you talk I love that the shiny objects as well. I'm highly, highly, highly business distractible and regular distractible. But again, like we mentioned before, that because I took the time to sit and think, what do I want my life to look like? 10, 5, 3, 2, 1 years from now, it gives me something to call back to so that when I'm starting to go in a direction, I have some criteria that I can run through and say, is this actually in service of my future self? And sometimes it's like, yes, it is in service of my future self, but I just don't have the capacity to do it and the thing I already started at the same time. Or no, it's interesting, but it's not in the interest of my future self at this time. Both of those cases, I literally have a Google doc called The Shelf and I have all sorts of stuff in there. Is it a graveyard or is it a garden of ungerminated scenes? We don't know. We don't know. But there are lots of ideas in there where I have come across a new marketing strategy or a new funnel or a new service type or a new way of offering services. And it was really interesting. And I got distracted for a moment and I ran (laughs) it through my criteria and realized I don't have the capacity to do this. And the thing that I already am doing at the same time, or this is not in the interest of my future self right now, I can put it over there and I can come back to it if I need to. And I do go back to the shelf often. I brought Voxer coaching into my one-on-one coaching services a few months ago, and that's because I heard of it, knew I didn't have time for it realized that it was a worthy experiment later on down the line and I pulled it off the shelf. And so knowing that like the shelf is not the dungeon where like all of the ideas have to like be in prison. It is a place. It's just a storage place. It's idea Tupperware. I can bring it out (laughs) anytime. (laughs) It makes it easier not to mourn what could have been possible if I would have gone down that path because the path is still available to me. And again, it's a skill.
0: yeah and i, I like that because you still get to do it later if you want to it's mm-hmm. not like no phoebe you can't do that stay focused on this one thing you can never have that just x out completely i love the idea of saving it for later because also i just think that i don't know sort of closes the loop too where you're like oh okay cool i can have it later back to what i was doing and that's great so just like a google doc super simple even i could do that
1: <laughs> And there are a couple of other things that I do if an idea seems super, super enticing and promising to make it easier for me to let go of it. And so I use a task management app called Todoist, which is to-do list with no L. And I use it to manage my entire life. And I have... For six or seven years, and I do have a project in the app that's ideas. And when an idea is really promising, and I don't want to forget about it, and and I'm scared to let go of it because what if I forget about it? I actually just put it in to do list with a date. And so it's like, all right, so this idea is going to pop back onto my to do list in three months. I'm not losing it. It's going to come back to me in three months. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about remembering it. It's going to come back to me. Sometimes if it comes into via an email, like maybe I get a really great email, and I already have my emails written and I want to sort of cannibalize it a little bit. Maybe I'll snooze it so that it comes back uh, in you know, a month or two months or something like that and I can grab that idea then. And so when something's really enticing, um, in giving myself a way of knowing and feeling sure that I'm going to have another opportunity to explore that idea makes it easier to put it on the shelf.
0: Yes. Because when you did say, is it, it a graveyard or is it like seeds waiting to be germinated? I'm like, It could easily be a graveyard. So that's a great way to make sure it's not Mm -hmm. full of tips. Okay. I know we kind of got off track about bosses being jerks, but I do want to touch on that because a lot of us are our own bosses. So I'm wondering if you've seen in any of your work, how people have treated themselves like they're being bad bosses to themselves. Like how does that show up for some of the people maybe you've worked with or heard about or whatever?
1: Yeah. So what immediately comes to mind for me are bad boundaries and bad inner dialogues. I like to call it mental sludge. If you have a lot of mental sludge, you're doing a lot of comparison, you're stuck in indecision, you're highly distractible. Like That mental sh- sludge keeps you from operating at your best level because, especially if there's a lot of self-criticism and comparison, you are always occupying insecurity and you're never actually satisfied with what you are able to accomplish. Accomplish. You never have a moment where you're proud of how far you've come and everything that you've accomplished. Because wherever you are in your business, you're further along from when you started. But a lot of times we can get stuck in mental sludge in comparing ourselves to lots of other people. For me, the solution to comparison, again, goes back to that future pacing. Knowing that like the business that I want to have as a coach, I don't want Tony Robbins' $600 million Business where he has like 200 and something employees. I don't want that. And so, knowing that that's not what I want makes it really easy for me to recognize when I am comparing myself to someone who has a life I don't want. And it's like, yes, their life is very shiny, but I don't want all of the shiny things. I only want some of the shiny things. And I find that to be really helpful with like comparisonitis. And with my career coaching clients, that's something that we deal with all the time because they see their friends and their family members and their coworkers on Instagram doing crazy stuff, on LinkedIn doing crazy stuff. And it's like, oh, well, I'm not doing as crazy of things. Well, comparison is going to keep you from taking action to help you move forward because you're going to feel like you're unworthy of it. And I think that that is a way that entrepreneurs can really get in their own heads and feel like they are not worthy of the business that they want to build for themselves or get caught up in business goals that aren't actually a good fit for them and what is going to make them feel the most healthy and happy and balanced.
0: Mm mm hmm. I feel this a lot with people who are like, making a bunch of money, like you just said, like Tony Robbins, And I'm like, do I need a bunch of money? But I'm like, Oh, wait, I've already sat down with my partner. And we've mapped out like what, how much do we need? And it's not like a huge number that's gonna like, not that I would ever use it in my marketing anyways. But you know what I mean? I feel like people can sometimes be like, Oh, you're not dreaming big enough. And I'm like, well, actually, it's just really based in logic. And like, what we need and what our mortgages and saving for kids college, like, It's actually just numbers and I don't need a billion dollars. So I don't want to build a business with a million team members. Like you said, that's not like, I know a lot of people who do what I do go on to build an agency. And for me, that's like changing from being a teacher to an administrator. I'm like, no, I like making, I like doing design work. I don't want to build this empire where I just manage all the people and everybody else does the stuff. I'm like, I like chilling in my room and making the designs. Like this is working. I'm making good money. Not to my goal yet, but it's not that far off. And people are just like, wait, what? You don't want to like build and build and build until you can't build anymore? And I'm like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> like, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I want to be at the bus stop, you know, at three o'clock to get my kid, which is that like is part so of what you're talking important.
1: about. That is so important. I, I can't remember where I got this from, but the difference between building a lifestyle business versus building an enterprise is what you're optimizing for. If you're building a lifestyle business, the purpose of the business is facilitate the lifestyle that you want to have for yourself and your loved ones. And you explicitly are not trying to build a gigantic business. So you have to optimize for efficiency and flexibility because In general, with a lifestyle business, the thing that you want is financial flexibility, time flexibility, location flexibility, and you want to be able to achieve those things without having to hire a bunch of people. And so you need to be able to achieve them efficiently. And so the way that you're going to solve business problems and also solve problems for your customers is going to be different than if you're trying to build an enterprise where you're trying to optimize for your goal is growth, 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 growth. And so you're trying to optimize for scale and being able to delegate. And so when you successfully achieve a lifestyle business, you're still an owner operator, like you are in the business, doing the business, solving the problems for the customers. But when you successfully build an enterprise, you become an owner coordinator. You're not solving the problems for the customer, you are coordinating all of the work that solves the problems for the customer. And there's nothing right or wrong about either of those. There are some people that suit one uh, side of the house better than the other. But if you end up on the wrong side, you're going to be really unhappy. If you build a (laughs) lifestyle business and you aspire to growth, you're going to feel really unfulfilled. If you build an enterprise and you really want a lifestyle business, you're going to feel stuck and overwhelmed and and stagnant and disconnected. And so knowing what you're trying to build and focusing on building toward that and ignoring all the people who are successfully or unsuccessfully building a thing that you don't want is a really important way to reframe out of
0: comparisonitis. Oh my gosh. So everything you're saying, I'm just like, okay, this is the golden thread through it. You have to get super clear on what you want. Like your future self, like everything you, like basically everything you're going back to is like the comparison-itis stops when you know what you want. Like you can plan for your future self when you know what you want. You can build the business you want when you actually know what you want. So here is my last question for you, which is, I feel like a big one. How did you get clear? Like, what do we need to do? Do we need to like meditate? I know you probably don't have like step one. Here's how you figure out your whole life plan. But how do people quiet down and like figure that out? Do you have any tips for that?
1: Stop doing it in your head and do it on paper. Our brains do not, we don't think in full sentences. <laughs> we don't even think in words half the time. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to do this work in your head, like your brain is just not well designed for this kind of work. And so actually get it out on paper, analog, digital, whatever. Imagine it is 10 years from now and actually write out today is the perfect day 10 years from now. What is happening? Where do I live? What am I doing? I wake up and what happens? I go through my day. What happens? I go to bed and what happens? Where am I? Who am I with? What am I surrounded by? What does it sound like? What does it smell like? What am I eating? Get as clear about it as you can possibly be. And when i did this exercise and i do it again as life moves on because sometimes it changes the first time i did this this exercise i was newly divorced I was transitioning out of my divorce house and had no idea what my future looked like. And I did this exercise and it really helped me understand not just my business priorities, but my life priorities at the time. Then I met an amazing magical man and we got married and I did the exercise again. And the exercise I did when I was newly divorced, and had no idea where I was going, totally different from the exercise that I did last year. The exercise that I did last year led me to, I want to be splitting my time between the US and the UK. I want to be traveling. Regularly, I want to have only a small portion of my week-to-week be that I'm doing calendar one-on-one live coaching time with people, and I want the rest of my time to be toward um, one-to-many teaching opportunities, speaking, and creating content. That is what I want to build toward. And so knowing that that's where I wanted to be 10 years from now, allowed me to work backward. But again, like 10 years from now, so far from now, like so many, I'm not going to end up there Mm -hmm. (laughs) because lots of things are going to change in my life and my priorities that tell me, hey, you need to make some adjustments. But I'm always going to get somewhere close to what I want because who I am is not going to change. My circumstances are going to change. And so start by really like giving yourself some timeframes and giving your writing out a perfect day from start Mm -hmm. to finish, from when you wake up to when you go to bed, what are all the things that happen? And what would need to be true about your life for the you to have that perfect day?
0: You know, I feel like I've tried to sort of make a perfect day because I did just mention that I want to be at the bus stop. And someday, I mean, I have to be at the bus stop. My kid wants their parent at the bus I do go to the bus stop. But there are days, and maybe it's during a sprint, where we come home and I get her a snack and then I get back to work sometimes. Ideally, like in my perfect 10-year plan, I don't have to go back to work after I get her off. Like, I would love to just be in mom mode after that. But... I think I've been missing that that can be in the future and I can work towards that because what happens is it's almost like every time I go back to my computer, after I get her off the bus, I feel like I failed, but really I need to switch to like, this is the goal. So how can I be setting up things now to get to that goal? It's not just like write it down and that's my new schedule. Like, yeah. And so I'm just like, Oh, light bulb moment for me. And hopefully anybody listening, like, Oh my gosh, this has all been so valuable. I could talk to you like all day, but (laughs) I think this is great. And also I've never actually written it down. I just say in my head, I want to be done at this time. And I think that exercise is going to be great. I'm definitely going to do it. And I feel like anybody listening should pull over their car and do it right now. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we got to get clear on this right now today. And I like that you also have permission to change it because again, with the ADD, ADHD, like it's okay. It's okay if it changes, but as long as you keep checking in with yourself, I think like you're going to get pretty darn close. I feel like you're going to adjust when needed, but the important parts will stay the same. Yes. Cause you, cause you are the same person. Yeah. I love it. Phoebe, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being here. This was like, honestly, I mean, I knew it was going to be good, but I'm just like, literally going to get off this (laughs) call and write this down. I think you just changed my life. Just saying. like I can release the mom guilt and figure out what I want. Because you're right. I've never written it down. So it's still really hazy. It's like, I want to be a good mom. What does that look like? What does that sound like? What are we making after school? What are we doing? So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Ready to connect more with Phoebe? Head over to her website, betterwithphoebe.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-W-I-T-H. P-H-O-E-B-E dot com to learn more and connect with her on all the social media platforms. And of course, there'll be lots of links for you in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Big Fun Content. If you like what you heard today, think about pushing that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also, I would love it if you would leave me a review so more people could find me. Wink, wink. And last but not least, if you want to remain in my world and get some really fun emails in your inbox, head over to deannaseymour.com slash newsletter to join my email list. See you next time.